Tales in the Ring. We have a special guest with us tonight. It's very exciting. I haven't seen him in a while. It looks like he's eating Jello. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Hi, everybody. And if you can tell from that voice, that is the king. The king is here. Yeah, first time he's finally thought out, thought out August from the wall. 2021 was, was really? the last time. Yeah, because, you know, I, I do not use Skype any other time but talking to you. Neither does anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, you know, my call log on Skype pretty much logs my uh, Bulls in the Ring appearances. Oh, look at that. How about that? We yes. just we COVIDed you out. We just said we're not going to. Uh, <laughs> we don't want you getting sick over the over the airway. So we, right, we finally feel like it's safe now. Yeah, Biden kept, Biden ended it. He ended the emergency. Half, so right. yeah, we're good. Yes, yeah, since I've uh, last been on, COVID is um, gone. Yeah. When did it start? I don't know. Yeah, neither do I. Anyway, we are here. We're very excited. We are. What flavor is that? Is that cherry? Uh, it is strawberry. Strawberry. Excuse me. It is strawberry. Okay. Is there a reason why you're eating Jello? Uh, um, I was a little hungry, and I would usually be going to bed around this time, so um, I needed a little uh, nutritious snack here. It, it's it's nine thirty. You could go to bed that early. Lately, yes. <laughs> Don't we all? You're like a responsible adult. Yeah, well, you know, I, like Tom, um, have been off of the booze for not very long, about a week and a half. <laughs> but that is a that is a, probably the longest I've gone since the late 90s. Um, and really, if I'm not drunk, I don't really want to be young. Right. Yeah, so, you know, I've been just hitting the, uh, hitting the hay earlier because, um, you know, Cutting down on the drinking a little bit, so that is that is why. Now, now, are you uh, are you gonna attempt to go into the non-alcoholic thing uh, beverages, or is it too tempting at that point? No. So, I know I think this is a, a topic you wanted to talk about tonight. Uh, so we'll probably get into it more in the coming minutes here. Uh, but it's not. I am in no way giving up alcohol. Uh, Temporarily, I guess I am. But the thing I'm going to have to watch out for uh, due to uh, some recent uh, medical changes is uh, beer. Anything carbonated is going to have to uh, be minimized or eliminated altogether. But with your change, shouldn't Bud Light be your number one uh, drink? (laughs) No. Isn't it interesting that Joe Rogan came out and defended them? Did anybody see that? No. No. Yeah, I was surprised. I've actually thought about this lately. Um, I know I went off last week about it, but I'm actually having a very big change of heart on this. On what? Uh, on the, the whole transgender thing. I, I'm, I think I'm turning pro-transgender. And this is my reason why. Because think ass. about this. No. Think about this. The majority of transgender people are usually male to female. That's what we see out in the public. That's what they're trying to portray. Now, there's things like firm Nevada where you have to have so many females being hired. So now, I'm an FDNY recruit, just using that as an example, and they have to have a minimum quota of women. It's going to be literally like three biological women, and then it's going to be all these transgender males that are going to take that position. It, this is how silly the women are. They're 
are literally putting their own throats. So at this point, I'm like all for this. Like, you know what? You, you're going to sit there and go down this slippery slope and it's going to it's going to backfire on you. You're going to take it right in the ass. And this is what's going to happen. And it, I think it's going to be great. I, I'm Well, that's basically I, what's happening in sports already, right? The, yeah. You know, a bunch of fucking guys are putting on a two piece bathing suit or, or a one piece or whatever. Um calling themselves a girl and then they're competing against uh less athletes and you know female athletes who, who aren't built the way that they are and they're winning yeah i can't wait for uh like brian i mean barbara fucking whoever playing in the WNBA, and it's gonna be a fucking six foot four guy and he's gonna lead the league in every every statistical thing because he's just gonna be dominating i can't wait i that will be interesting that hasn't happened yet has it Nope, and it, when it does, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be licking my chops, laughing my balls off. I think it's gonna be great. I cannot. Yeah, I honestly it, can't wait. Didn't it happen in swimming, in college? Yeah, the, the, Leah Thompson. Yeah, she destroyed Leah. the competition. And yeah, she, something she, tells me if if a guy tries to get into the WNBA um, and is legit, like you know, all all star caliber, that will be the end of this whole thing. Because the black lesbians will get pissed off, and then it'll be two to one on the protected class scale. You will have black lesbians on one side, you will have transgenders on the other. Two to one, I think the W, the black lesbians would win. Uh, I, it's funny, I never thought of that before, but you know, the first legit male basketball player that shows up in the WNBA will end this madness. Because they are not going to let the WNBA get compromised. Yeah, I, I hope that there's a GM out there. Think about it. If I'm a GM and I'm on a shitty team, why would I not sit there and go, you know, my first draft pick is going to be the the 263rd one in the in the regular NBA, but he's going to be number one overall in the WNBA and fucking destroy these women. Yeah, I, I would do it. I would, and that's going to end it. Yeah, I would. If I was a GM, and I would just draft all males, every single one of them. I would. It would be. And what are you going to do? And when they go out there and win a fucking championship, they don't lose a game. It'll be like the dream team from fucking 92 all over again. And I'm going to I'm gonna sit there and belly laugh. I'm going to fucking belly laugh. As they're fucking running up and down the court with their fucking ball sweats, hitting off their knees, fucking dunking on these chicks fucking with their junk right in their face. I'm going to laugh my fucking balls off. I will... I'll watch the NBA, WNBA. I will get. I will buy fucking season pass. I'll get season tickets down to the Liberty. I will go to every game front row and cheer because I think it'll be fucking fantastic. Yeah, that will be pretty entertaining. But mark the King's words, that will be the end of it. And I hope that they set up a, a women's baseball league, hockey, football. I want to see it all. For guys. Hmm? For guys to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I want it so bad. It, it is like it, it is it is now turned into like my my obsession now. I I'm like totally for this. I'm I am pro fucking trans in sports. And then you know what? I want to see even this. I want to see a chick go into like boxing and just get smoked. <laughs> just right in right in the uh, MMA and just gets her face pummeled in. And then we can just stop this. I just, I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm 100% for it. 100% on board. All right. Yeah. But, yes, that, that's not the surgery you got. Good rant. No, that is not the surgery I got. 
the king um, got uh, Egan surgery. Is that what we'll read? <laughs> the Egan the king's uh, stomach is now resting in peace with um, Egan's. <laughs> Hi, Egan. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, King got a little out of control with uh, the eating and the weight gain, and uh, we uh, put a stop to that about a week ago. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I see you now, but you do look a little bit thinner. Have you lost you, weight? You do, yeah. I've lost twenty. It's pretty sick, actually. I've lost twenty pounds in ten days, but that's not what you're seeing right now. Is like the same outcome as if. Like I had the stomach bug or the flu because, <clears throat> you know, right after the surgery, you're pretty much living off a of liquid. So it's going to be a little bit of a, a roller coaster where, you know, um, it'll go down quick and then it'll kind of go down slow. And then I'll probably come back up because once the recovery period's done, I can eat whatever I want. It'll just be, you know, I won't be able to have the portions I used to have. So, you know, I was up to 310. Um, I, I'm pretty much going to be down about a hundred probably in the next six to eight months, but you know, I'm not doing this to run marathons. I, I fully anticipate, uh, probably gaining a third of that back because, you know, like I said, I'm not going to live off of fruits and vegetables. I'm going to have uh, chicken parm and a side of pan as soon as my stomach can handle it, it'll just be a lot smaller. So I think what the end result will be is a happy medium of, uh, you know, a, a completely healthy lifestyle and my former lifestyle. But the, the gas and the carbonation is going to be a lifelong thing, which is why beer is going to need to be replaced. So I have a, I have a, I have a question, actually. I have, I have multiple questions here. All right, well, shut up. So, <laughs> now, when Egan, Egan did this 20, almost 21 years ago, she was like the innovator. Of this happening because I didn't. Was. Really, I didn't her really stomach can now go, go out drink. Yeah. So yeah, there was a picture of her in the pamphlet I had to read. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know when Egan went, the process to get it done was a little more. Um, how do I say? Like, I guess like stricter. Like I know she had to like. I, I remember she had to go for like interviews and stuff for it and like. I figure what else, what else, but it was like a lot harder for her to do it. Now it seems like anybody can go do it pretty much. So what was the process like for you to get this done? It actually was pretty rigorous. It started last, um, it started last August. Uh, every hospital has a different program with different rules. Um, but the hoops I had to jump through, let's see if I can... Did you go to a veterinarian for this? No, I did not. Okay. I did not. I could see you um, trying to skip all these rules. I well, I did end up skipping one. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that story in a second. But so the rules were this: um, I had to have monthly check-in appointments. I had to have three nutritionist appointments. I had to get a psych eval and be approved by a psychologist. Um, I had to go to two support groups. I had to lose five percent of my body weight at the onset of the program. Um. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. So, does anybody want to guess the one that I managed to cut the corner on? Yeah, the support you, group. You, no, the five percent. Yes, Joe, you are correct. Wow. Um, the king. That's, was that's hard to do. The, 
It is. And actually, it shouldn't have been. It was 15 point, uh, pounds. But I decided if I'm going to do this, I, I formed a bucket list. I, I went to Texas Day, Brazil twice. Um, I had a whole list of restaurants I had to get to. I had to get to Canada and do uh, you know a bar crawl of beers that you can only get in Canada, like Kokanee and Moosehead. I was on a freaking bucket list. There was no way in hell uh, I was losing 5%. I mean, I tried, but it wasn't working. So that's actually what prolonged it. I should have had this in January or February, but they kept putting me off because I wasn't losing any of the, the weight, which I argued with them about a lot. Like, like, hey, this is why I'm here. I mean, I didn't tell them about the bucket list, obviously. I played the victim card. Like, hey, I have a disability, you know? If I could lose weight on my own, I, I wouldn't be here. Um, they, they, I, get, they I get that. They kept telling me it was, uh, what? I get that, because it's kind of like, it's like your last hurrah. It's like a guy who, who says, I'm going to quit smoking on Monday, and he smokes two packs Saturday and Sunday each. You know, you're just kind of getting everything yeah. out of your system before you kind of, like bite the bullet and get it done. So I'd do the same thing if I were you. I'd go fucking balls to the wall and just eat everything in sight. Because I'm not going to be able to do I, that I in pretty much weeks. did. It's <laughs> about a week before. Okay, now I got a question. What happened at the support group? Were you? Was it literally a group setting? Um, no, it was over Zoom. Which, thank God. Um, so... It was no different than all of the graduate classes I've taken post-COVID. Uh, meetings, remote meetings I do for work. You put the Zoom on. You put the camera off. You turn it back on every once in a while. Chime in and, and you know, watch the TV on the side. So the support groups were not... Um, it could, that could have been rough. I, I, you know, if I were sitting around a circle... One... If I were sitting around in a circle, that probably would have been a little rough on the king. But it was your basic, um, you know, Zoom where nobody's paying attention. Were they all large okay. people? Getting back to you. Um, like I said, a lot of cameras were off. But, yeah, and then a few people that were post-operation. <laughs> um, oh, so you have to continue to do this? I think the expectation is now I give back and, and talk to other people. But I will... I got my surgery. I'm done with him. You're not a man of the people, are you? No. No. Not a benevolent king. So, what made you? What was the? What was the? If you will, breaking point and uh, reason for it. What was? Is there a reason? Um. Yeah. Two things, primarily. One, like, if you you guys who have known me a long time, you, you know, you've seen me fucking run around war with like a, like a maniac one day and then, you know, carry on like a complete slob a week later. Like, I'm, I've been kind of up and down and, and, you know, fitness versus not fitness my whole life. But over the last five to seven years, I felt like I didn't have the upper hand on my body. Things I, I, I get me anywhere from a year and a half to two years of complete debauchery. In other words, torture myself for six months to pounds, and it'll take me sometimes, you know, up to two years to back. 
um, so like some exercise and whatnot. Formulas I had in my head that made me feel like I was in control stopped working. Um, and then I just saw the scale kind of creep up and up and up. And once it crossed 300, that was kind of an eye-opener. But the other thing was clothing. Um, once you start getting tight in 3X and you know 42, 44-ish waists, your clothing selection goes to shit. Um, yes, even does. Walmart. Um, and I just, you know, I wasn't going to go to, like, in talls and pay three times as much. Like, I, I had to at least... Not... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I had to at least um, maintain the three X, but I, I wasn't confident that I was going to be able to because, like I said, that that control started to unravel. I I totally get what you're saying with the uh, clothes thing too, because that that was a big issue with me. Uh, so that's why I did that. Now, with you getting down, you're going to get down to your low weight. You'll plateau out. Do you plan on, like, exercising? You were very strong in high school. You, you know, you were able to lift a lot of weight. I don't know if you've kept that power. Um, muscle does have memory. Do you plan on, like, maybe possibly getting a gym membership or running, or are you just going to say, I'm sticking with the surgery and just try to abide by a nutrition standard? I, I don't need a gym membership. Um, the, the place I currently work, which is different than the last time I was on the show, but... Uh, the place I, I currently work um, has a very nice uh, fitness facility, um, uh, far beyond what uh, you know what we used in high school, uh, where you know the king broke all those records and whatnot. That uh, I think has since that that one record that I thought wouldn't be touched, I think has been. You should ask about that, Tom. If anybody's broken that uh, bench press ratio, you know the one where you take your weight divided by. You take what you bench and divide it by what you weigh. That one. Okay. Actually, anyway, story. I uh, I saw I saw our uh, former coach today. He yeah. was riding on a uh, a side by side, zooming right by. Tell him I want to know where that pound for pound bench record's at, or where, where I am on the list. But anyway, so the facility is there. Um, it's really time that'll be my challenge. Um, I also have kind of messed around with weights, not too recently but probably in the last five years um and you're right that muscle memory is there but what's not there is the joint you know uh, you throw 225 on the bar my chest is ready to throw it up but my elbows and my wrist are, are feeling like they're gonna snap so i don't know if i'll go there um you know i think walks around the neighborhood will probably be more of my exercise routine okay what do you think is going to be the uh, you are of a, uh, a certain nationality that likes rich, robust food. What is going to be your what is going to be your uh, kick in the junk, if you will, when it comes to what you can and can't, and how much you want to eat? Um, you know, well, like I said, other than you know the carbonation, the the bubbliness, there's really not going to be anything that I point blank cannot eat. Um, but you are supposed to limit or even give up foods that don't have nutrition because if I have pasta every day, um, you know, I'm going to end up having a cup of it and not really have room for the meatball. So, you know, if you're eating a cup of pasta every day, you're, you're, you know, 
in some regards starving yourself of, of protein and, and different vitamins so you're you're trained in the program leading up to it to maximize your nutrition and the food you eat because you're not going to be able to take in as much food uh, so I will have to you know, my days of having pasta for dinner pizza for lunch and breakfast pizza for breakfast probably um, you know will be limited but I'm not going to give anything up entirely another thing you know I'm only eight days removed from the surgery right now and I don't really want any of that um, like I was having broth and all this crap and then yesterday I got this idea because I'm still on liquid I got this idea to take um, sour cream and chive instant mashed potatoes put about three times as much water into it um, so that it was still a liquid uh, and eat that and it was freaking like the be- it felt like the best thing I've ever eaten because you know I was you, you, you're you're your brain changes like it's like wow this tastes just like mashed potatoes even though it's flowing off my spoon and it's a hell of a lot better than chicken broth so like a a switch has been flipped that stuff i was eating two weeks ago isn't even really on my radar right now all right now with you like now did you get the the band or you got it cut I got it cut. I got the sleeve, which I was joking around a little bit before, but that is not what Egan got. Um, I never really spoke in depth with Egan about it, but just because of I know when she got it, the, what I got wasn't available back then. She's a trooper, um, and I hope she doesn't mind that we're talking about her like this, but you know, you guys never seem to care, so I just, <laughs> I'm sure she'll be all right. Um, she's a trooper. Um, that surgery would have required like rerouting your intestines and all kinds of crap. Um, what I got is is more of a new uh, procedure that has. It's actually not as effective as what she got. It's probably about eighty percent as effective as as that. But it's a much easier recovery, um, less limitations. Like I said before, it's kind of more of a happy medium kind of thing. Okay. Now your uh, your family. What what is the, their thoughts on this were they supportive do you, do you think because and even this your your daughter's very young she's always known you as being big do you yeah. think she, it's going to be shocking to have a, a thin dad um at first i think they were a little shaken up you know because one i was having surgery and two especially my younger one didn't really you know she's very black and white cut and dry um literal so, you know, part of her, she, like, came right out and asked me if, like, I was going to be different. Like, am I going to be a different person? Am I going to act differently? And as I, as, as I assured her that, no, I, I'm, you know, it's just I'm going to, I might look different. My wife chimes in from behind, like, oh, no, he's going to act different. He's going to be an asshole and all full of himself again. Uh, <laughs> so, you know. Uh, I will try not to be, but um, no, the kids were, were supportive. And as far as like extended family, um, very supportive because here's a, a, an interesting statistic for you. I am um, on my dad's side of the family. I am number five to have bariatric surgery. I have two uncles, an aunt and two cousins that have all done it. We, we are keeping that market alive. Where you go? 
<laughs> keeping the tradition alive. Yes. Bariatric surgery and, and being gay are very big on my dad's side of the family. <laughs> <laughs> you can join the WNBA next season. Yeah. Yes. Now, did you tell anyone at work this? Uh, yes. Uh, because you know I'm missing a week, which what I do would kind of a big deal, especially this time of year. Um, it will not be a reveal of what I do the way Tom had a couple weeks back. Uh-huh. Uh, I am. I would really be up shit creek, especially if anybody wanted to go back in the archives. Um, I mean, I pretty much, well, actually, no, I I told some people who needed to know who were going to be, you know, helping as I'm missing work. People will figure it out, though. I mean, they see me disappear for a week. I say I have surgery. I'm probably going to look a little different by the time I get back on Monday, so they'll figure it out. I'm fine with that. Um, I'm really just try- I'm really trying to keep it under wraps with people that like I kind of sort of know, particularly people I don't like. So like, for example, like where I used to work, um, I'm very much looking forward to somebody coming up to me and being like, "Wow, you look great!" And I'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, you're a lot healthier when you're not working in a toxic cesspool, you know." And and try to act like it was um, you know more of a conscious decision. Or, you know, with these douchey people that hang around the Little League fields, you know, let them think that I actually did it myself. But See, now people, I, people I have more of a relationship with, I, I, I will talk to about it. See, where I work, a lot of people wouldn't see me regularly. You know, a call may not, they may not see me for a year. And I lost all that weight. And people started asking me if I was sick. You should have just shaved all of your hair and went back and like been like, oh, God. Uh, and, and gotten the sympathy vote on that. That's yeah. terrible. Well, maybe I'll do it at a Steelers game next year. <laughs> hey, it works. That that story will be brought. We have to bring that one up one day. I believe. Uh, I believe we have. <laughs> I believe we have. But, I mean, I'm 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 very proud of you. I I think it's a uh, a very good choice. You know, I've known you a very long time, and one of my reasons for doing it too was. My father had gotten sick at the age that I'm going, that I'm this year. And that kind of made me start thinking about my mortality. So I'm I'm glad that you did this. I think it's a a healthy life choice. Yeah, yeah. And so far, so good. So I guess maybe uh, we'll get into what the actual uh, topic of conversation was. And I guess it's a life choice as well. Uh, We are going to talk about Colts tonight. Uh, I... I've Peyton Manning would probably be my favorite. What's that? Peyton Manning, I would say, it would be my my favorite. <laughs> Johnny Unitas for me. But I'm both. I uh, I go down rabbit holes, especially when I when I used to drink. I would I would just drink and go on my phone and go down rabbit holes. And I got into uh, I got into Waco, Texas, David Koresh and all that, and. Recently, um, we were watching TV and there was a commercial for a new series that's coming out about the, it's almost a prequel and postquel, I guess you could say, of what happened. And there was a series, maybe about five years ago, called Waco, that told the story of just the siege. And this one's going to tell, like, how he got brought up and all this. And it really got me into this rabbit hole of going in the Colts. And it's something that I'm just fascinated with. 
I uh, I don't know how you two think about this like that, but uh, it's something that I just I would love to be in these people's heads. Like I would like I wish I could go in as an observer, and but most of them are militant and crazy like that, so it'd be very hard to I think infiltrate if you will. But it's something that I'm interested in. Either of you have any uh, interest in this? Funny you bring this up because I watched the Netflix series Waco um, probably about two weeks ago, and you know when when you talk about them or or like the the drink the Kool Aid guy, um, forget Jones. Yeah, um, you know obviously most people agree that they're nuts, um, and if you watch the Netflix series, they have some former cult members and they confirm your suspicion that they're nuts but you know what happened to them really kind of pissed me off and you know over the last few years through COVID and just through having a little bit too much time on my hands during COVID to then like sort of do some research on history and different maybe I hate using this term but kind of conspiracy theory type stuff I've developed uh, we could do a whole freaking show on this I've developed some pretty out there kind of views that I feel relatively strongly about. Many of them are not positive in terms of our government and and, and multiple governments throughout the world. So with that lens, when I watched Waco, I got really pissed off because, quite honestly, the guy, Koresh, should have been, I mean, I, I don't know this, it's alleged, but I'm relatively certain. He should have been thrown in jail for rape. Um, rape and yeah, statutory and uh, polygamy. Yeah. But aside from that, what they did to these people was was absurd. I mean, they violated their Second Amendment right. They violated their Fourth Amendment right. They they, they attacked them like you know they were on the front lines of a, of a, a fucking world war, a foreign over country, nothing. over yeah. over a bunch of wackadoos following a pedophile. You know, I mean. Right now, in the White House, we got a bunch of wackadoos following a pedophile. Why, why aren't we blowing that to bits? I, I got really mad watching that, and it was another kind of knock, at, or, or another kind of, I don't know, just reaffirmation of the, the continued loss of respect I have for our country and our government. Uh, um, like I said, they should have just walked in there and arrested this guy for what you said, statutory rape, polygamy, um, to open fire on that place, to burn it down. I mean, the story yeah. we got is that they burned it down themselves, the, the cult, the, the cult individuals, but the people on the, on the documentary are saying we didn't light anything on fire. Um, it was just a completely unwarranted fascist attack by government agencies. Yeah, that, that's, that's one of the big things that I, I've gotten with this, and I think this conversation will probably revolve mainly around that. I know a lot more about, and I don't know if you do, about Jonestown, um, the other one with um, the Comet, Haley Comet. Uh, I can't Heaven's Gate. Right. Yep, Heaven's Gate. Um, but with Waco, yeah, uh, to me, that was, it, it really shows that, like, big government and government, like, I see where this Tea Party you know, stay out of my business, uh, libertarian type of movement is more of where I see myself aligning because just government in itself, at the end of the day, it's all about power. 
Republicans want to stay in power. Democrats want to stay in power. They're going to fight amongst themselves. But at the end of the day, they're going to work hand in hand in the back rooms to keep each other in power. Sure. And they just, it, it's really, it's scary when you think about like watching this and seeing what's kind of going on. And again, um, you know, these companies that are making this, the documentary I could see maybe being a little bit more with what the people are saying in there, but when you have like uh, things that are made up as a story, it, even from the the uh, the show that I'm watching, and it's on Showtime, which is again a, a liberal network, it does show that like you know government's bad, and it's funny that they would produce something like this, kind of putting it in that light. But I think if I think if I was a liberal and watching it from that, I could sit there and be like, yeah, the government's right. Like it, it puts it in a it definitely breaks it down where there's two sides to the story and I'm on the side of not to sound this way but on the cult side of their freedoms being violated like you said second amendment fourth amendment things like that it does show that, that, case, over, that stretched into this in that case the liberals going to support it because the of the, the gun ownership mm-hmm. piece of it. which well, is very weird to attack them the fact that they had weapons yeah and, you know, granted, if he was doing that, if he had illegal weapons and there was pedophilia and, and polygamy, things like that, yeah, I could see him being, again, arrested, put out a warrant for him, you know, indict him, have him have to show up to court if he doesn't, put out a warrant, and then go there and just, you know, obviously he had a lawyer there. It was the, uh, it was the, uh, I can't think of his name. It might have been Brown. He was, he was the, uh, one of the, his, like, second or third in command, I guess. He was a lawyer by profession. I'm sure if they called him up and said, come in, they could have went about it this way. And getting back into the history of this whole thing, there's been, I mean, this this whole cold thing was very um, advantageous, you know, with the way that they were fighting amongst themselves for power. It's, it's, it's very weird when you have these guys that want to say that they're a prophet or they're a god and this and that, and just how you, the sides come in that. It's, it's, it's multi-layered on how it goes. It's like an onion when you break it out onto the way that this thing played out. Yeah. Joe, did you, did you know anything or watch any of this? Uh, for Waco? Yeah. I mean, I know I didn't get a chance to watch the series yet. I, I've been meaning to. Because I like that shit. I've, uh, I've, I've pretty much every documentary about Heaven's Gate. Oh, okay, so you okay? Yeah. Talk about that one then. Yeah. yeah. That one I find and that's another one. It's that's it's just... so interesting. I the whole history. I mean, it's been around since like the set. Well, it was around since the seventies, and uh, uh, it was two people. It was T and Doe, and T was a, like a chick. T died, so then Doe kind of took over. That's the bald guy you saw in all those videos, and uh, just so interesting. Like he castrated himself because their whole thing was like it's. They made everyone get the same haircut, and it's there's like no like sexual no sexuality like everyone's kind of like the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the comet was discovered, Haley Bop, they uh, that's when they said, "Oh well, now it's time." Like when this comes, like this is going to be our time to ascend. And there, there was, supposedly there was a UFO following. Yeah, apparently, apparently. So uh, that's why they uh, they end up killing themselves. But uh, the funny thing is that that their website is still running to this day, to this day. 
So that they don't know who's running it or, if, or what's going on. But it, it's every now and then I go to see if it's still. I just when you mentioned cults, I went to go see it today if it was still there. And it's it's still running. It's it looks like it's a, a, a website from 1995. Like just how oh, it's really? yeah. Like go look it up. It's 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 still there. Google it. it's like oh, the I second like not that long ago. So it's the same one. It's they the same. Changed. It hasn't changed since 1990. What seven ninety eight when they did that. <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 interesting. Uh, I I do agree with you on a certain aspect that I mean they're really not in terms of uh, how they're handled. It's it's like any other religion. It, it just uh, they're just all living on the same compound with one another, you know. Um, I think though when they start you know raping twelve year olds and uh, <laughs> uh, you know killing themselves that's where like the law has to kind of come in um yeah. and that, that's kind of like my uh my fascination with it right but yeah and it waco has kind of the same um trajectory with uh heaven's gate is the fact that there was two leaders and with waco it was husband and wife and David Koresh ended up supposedly, um, when the one male leader died, he ended up uh, going with this older woman. She was like in her 60s mm-hmm. and he was in his like 20s. They ended up, uh, you know, schlepping. And there was a son that was supposed to be the heir to it and they got into a fight. There was actually a gunfight where um, the son, I think, got shot. And mm. that's that kind of started. And David Koresh was actually excommunicated from that compound and he went to like israel he was in he was all over in the countries different countries and then he came back and that's how like it started but yeah, it's it's weird that you see this and i just find it fascinating where like where they get these people because if you watch the waco one it's these are professionals it's not like you know i look at um if you want to look at the manson family they were a bunch of you know young kids drug addicts you know free love the you know the 60s type of lifestyle and they they ended up living in this commune if you will and that's how it went but these were like professionals and the fact that they all came together and how they recruited i just find that extremely fascinating i mean and i look at like us we seem to be normal people i don't think anyone out of our friend group is impressionable like that but like it's just weird to think like if you had you both have siblings if one of them ever did that like what would be your reaction you're a fucking moron <laughs> pretty much it's people i mean you get the same gist from every one you see it's these people who like you like they they don't know what they're doing kind of thing like uh they're just walking aimlessly around wondering what they're going to do with their lives and here comes a guy who has or a girl with a lot of charisma very uh uh, really talk you into shit, um, and they're lonely. So you have just this these people who just have this uh, yearning to be accepted by something, and that's how I mean. And, and there's more people out there than I mean. Look how many people joined cults, probably millions. Yeah. So. I mean, it, it, it's. It, I just I I like this in the king is. Uh, I know that in the past has been fascinated with psychology and things along those lines. It like with your, uh, if you will, expertise and the knowledge of that way more than me and Joe. What what is there anything that you've learned in classes from this? Is there ever been talk about it in there? Well, Joe hit the nail on the head with the 
the the loneliness the the belonging piece you know like if you look at maslow's hierarchy of needs um the the belonging piece is it's not the base the base of your number one need is like food and drink but the next one is to belong to something so you know if you have a broken family if you have trouble making friends um cults and gangs usually is where you go i'd rather be in a cult than a gang i will say that same here <laughs> i don't know I'd, I'd, I'd want to throw signs that's just me yeah but i just and i also find it very fascinating that a lot of these um cults that you hear about they're, they're one of two things it seems like they get very militant or they get very sexual and some of them cross the lines on both that, of them that's true yeah yeah like what I mean do you think that like a David Koresh if you will do you think that he was very religious or do you just think he was maybe a a, a nerd in school and, and it was confirmed <laughs> that he was a little bit slow in special needs classes but Maybe he wasn't getting any in high school, and that's why he did this to sit there and be able to get some. Do you think that might be almost the almost like a a dating style, if you will? Um, I don't know. No, I don't know. Not, not maybe. Maybe it has a little something to do with it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. It's a guy who wants probably wants friends. Uh. And was influenced by somebody because I mean he was influenced by somebody. Somebody kind of talked him into it, and he sort of just kind of talked his way up and became a leader. And there you go, you know. Because even a few years ago, we had uh, it, up by the wall there was the uh, the one sex cult, the one with the Nelson Mac Navixium. Yes. Was that the one? Oneida? Yeah. Yes. I actually drove right past that little castle thing or whatever they had. That's right off of Route 5. Did you try and join? Uh, they wouldn't let me in. No. Uh, maybe maybe after you lose all that weight, maybe they will. Yeah, I'll go back. <laughs> I'll I, think, go back. I don't know if they're still or going or not. I'm imagining not, but... I mean, it, it's really got to be something like, as as you said, Joe, the uh, the charisma of these people. But like, where does the charisma you think turn the madness, or do you think there's always been madness there? Power. Someone like jo- Jonestown, that you know, it, it started as this religious thing, and and it turned into mass suicide. Power. You, Look how many people obey you. I think it starts as a religious thing, and it builds up. And then you get more and more people, then it's like, well, they listen to everything I say. Maybe they'll do this, or uh, maybe they'll let me brand them. Maybe they'll be like my sex slave, or, uh, you know. And again, it's just this uh, yearning to belong and be accepted by somebody, especially somebody that's like higher power like that. Like, I'm, you know, you talk about the, the Nevexium cult. These girls are probably like, well, I'm, I'm sleeping with the head guy. Like, this is like, this is awesome. You know, it's almost like sleeping with uh, like, a, like a star running back somewhere or a basketball star. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I don't know where it all starts for these cult leaders. That anybody's guess if they're well, obviously it starts with mental illness to some degree, but right. You know, do they really have strong beliefs in what they're preaching, or is it a 
a ploy to get laid. Uh, that's anybody's guess. But once it develops, once David Koresh becomes the guy, um, or any of them, then it's real. Uh, you know, at some point, uh, a switch is going to flip, and you're going to believe your own hype. Um, that you're some kind of second coming. I so agree. So by the time yeah. it gets to the point where, like, the media's covering it, there's documentaries made, yeah, I believe these people think that they are a higher power of some sort because when people treat you like that long enough, you, you're, you are. And especially if you're somebody, you know, who doesn't, who, who doesn't fully know or believe in, you know, a specific higher power, like, why not have it be that guy? Yeah. He's, he's done more for them than Jesus has. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. And, like, this is the other thing I find fascinating. Um, like, you have David Koresh, and then there was his, uh, I believe Steve was the second in command, his lieutenant. And the, his, David Koresh's rule was that there was, you know, you he was married to his wife, but he was not allowed to have sex with her. They, they ended up marrying another couple, you know, or multiple couples in there got married, but none of them were allowed to, you know, consummate the marriage. There was no, but David was allowed to. Yeah, I find it just fascinating that people who are married ahead of time would sit there and almost be like couples to these to these cult leaders the, what would be the reason for the woman to do it and what would be the reason for the guy to do it I mean is it the woman as Joe said where it would be you know oh I get to sleep with the, the cult leader and is it for the guy I get to be accepted by him yeah that's a tough I don't know I mean, that's where I just, I look at this as just being completely fascinating. Like, just the, the whole um, mentality behind this, including the, uh, just the, these guys would kill for him. And even with the, uh, I, I don't know if it's true, and I haven't watched the documentary yet, but there was a sheriff that was within Waco. And he seemed to, I don't want to say side with them, but give them kind of the reassurance where in my eyes he was looking at it like you know what these guys aren't doing anything wrong he wasn't putting the law into them with you know investigating them if you will but where the government then stepped in it's weird that you have like outside people and I'm sure if there was a a group within Warwick here where we all grew up I'm sure that there would be you know, these busy bodies and nosy neighbors that would complain and bitch and moan. <laughs> and we, we kind of see it with, like, the Jehovah Witnesses that are around, because I know that they put a uh, a school or something there. But what, society outside of this cult, what, what do you think when it comes to seeing them as a group? Like, if, you, if, if in your neighborhoods, if you, if you were to see this compound or this you know whatever commune what would be your thoughts on it would you be worried would you not care what would um so i do have um we're here uh in oneonta there is a so i don't know what the hell they are they own a deli um you could probably google this um it's called the yellow deli there's one in oneonta ithaca um a few other places and 
they're run by, I mean, people have called them a cult, but I don't think that's what they refer to themselves as. But it's a religious group um, that all lives in this big house with kids running in all different directions, and they, the women walk their babies, and the men work this deli 24-7. Um, and, you know, I do see them around. And, you know, I'll tell you, I, I don't mind it at all because of, and again, I, I'm taking us down a different rabbit hole, but just the state of our country and society in general, I've grown much more appreciative of anything with a, a conservative center, with a, a, um, you know, a core of beliefs that they follow. Um, and, you know, anybody who's not swayed by the latest, you know, transgender fucking political uh, Hollywood agenda thing um, has my respect, including, you know, Muslims. I mean, you name it. Things that we used to, or I used to at least kind of make fun of or, or not really approve of. I respect people who stand by what they believe and pass their beliefs down to their kids. And, you know, they might act different. They might look different. They, But I respect it a hell of a lot more than what mainstream Americans are putting out there right now. What say you, Joe? Well, um, the town I live in is, uh... Jews! Well, there, there you go. <laughs> and they're all over. They're all over. There's a house up sale up the road. A couple days ago, I'm driving by, and who's outside? Uh, it, they, now, are these are these Hasidics? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what's happening here. And you uh, know, we're getting that in Warwick now. There's been the bleed over from uh, Curious Joel. I thought Warwick was kind of like cutting that off, though. They're, they're fighting it, but I think that the natural migration is just scoop up as much land as possible. Because that's the thing. You, you know, if we were in a neighborhood, you can't stop an individual from buying a house. You can maybe stop from, and that was the big uh, problem. And I guess if you want to call it, it, I mean, it is a religion, but it it does have cult aspects to it, is uh, the Hasidic Jews. Um, this might be foreign to a lot of people outside of maybe upper new york city brooklyn i believe they might have some uh in michigan but it's you don't understand if you're not from here you don't understand the complexity that they they go about it and it's it's some people look at it as organized crime some people look at it as a cult whatever you want to see but they definitely can uh influence politics they Mm -hmm. can they have a very tight grasp on a lot of things when they get a hold of it I another thing I am I've gone down a rabbit hole recently actually well I've always looked into it but this is more so like the old uh, Catskill resorts where but those were regular Jewish people not Hasidics but now they have now taken over what used to be the normal city Jews communities and, and things like that hotels and now it's just that population up there. So yeah, they, they seem to have that going on. So we, we all kind of are influenced around us. Um, and for the record, like I'm not trying to be anti-Semitic or anything. It's just no, the fact that 
they 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 know what they're doing. You know, oh, they, they they you know, they have their little section and I'm not trying to say we're trying to segregate, but they'll come in and they'll they they buy a house for like say they'll overpay, they'll pay like a million dollars for like a six hundred thousand dollar house. They purposely drive the land value down and then they they take houses around that house that they bought and then and then other people yeah and other people start leaving and then they buy those houses and it's just like this domino effect and they, they I mean they they did it to Monroe Monroe New York uh, they're working their way here I mean maybe like a mile from here there's a ton I mean I Fridays and Saturdays I see them walking up and down the roads and they're like uh, there's like 50 of them <laughs> oh yeah it, it, we, I go to work and I drive past Monroe um, I don't know if you've been up here you know visiting up to work or you've come down to the area but they have built these I mean monstrosities I mean there's probably about 200 units in each house and there's probably about 30 units or 30 houses so that like I mean it's just and they are going up I, I don't know they cannot be doing it by code because the way that these things are going up I mean I I didn't go to work for a week and they built an entire complex one whole building in one week it's, I yeah right on right on yeah. the quick way I, I couldn't believe the first time I saw it I mean it was probably a while since I drove by and then like I mean it's like towers <laughs> You never used to see it from 17. Now you see, like, it's like a whole, like, I guess, like a city. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's funny because there's a trooper barracks right there off of uh, off of the quick way. And I went there for a case one day. And I remember pulling into the thing and I look across the street and it's all woods. It's just a huge hill with woods on it. And I'm like, oh, look, there's a few deer there, you know, from hunting and stuff. I, I was admiring the uh, the prospects and within three years i mean not a tree there and just fucking monstrosity buildings it's just it's weird that where you get the finances from where you get the how they can just grow these things and you know some places are small waco is just one building you know it was just one complex but then you look at like jonestown they literally went into the jungle cleared everything out and built this uh built this city and it, it it's weird how like i said you get this power and it just it multiplies so quickly but yeah with the with the uh the jewish population around here they, they've just tried to expand i know that um where my wife used to live in chester they behind there they built this and it's purposely done they bought a big plot of land and they built up all these houses there. It's next to it is a um, development that my wife lived in for a little bit, and I see as soon as they get that built and they start moving in, they're going to take over that that whole uh, that whole area. And mm-hmm. it's just that they they systematically do it, and it's just again I find it amazing that they're able to infiltrate government and get into things and just do what they want. It's just, I mean, I give them credit. They're using government in a positive light, in a way, because it's capitalism. They're 
producing jobs, they're buying things. It, it's, it does grow the, the economy. But then there's a the negative effect because if you actually look at KJ, it's the lowest income in the nation and it is the lowest median age in for a community in the country. There's a place in Ohio, the median age is 18. So that means like, you know, for every two-year-old, there's a 92-year-old that equals it out. Hmm. In Curious Joel, the average age is 12 years old. Really? Yeah. Jesus Christ. So they're growing. Yeah. I mean, and you, you see them when, when you see a family walk, it literally looks like rungs of a tree. Like there's one, and then there's a one that's like six inches shorter, and then six inches shorter, and it goes all the way down to a stroller. That is true. But, and <laughs> it, it's just I, from doing car stops with them, you know, you'd pull them over, and there'd be 10 kids in the car. And like you could literally just be like nine, eight, seven, six, just their ages. They are all, they're all Irish twins. What are they like when you pull them over? Are they dicks like they are in the grocery store, or do they show respect? Uh, their big thing is, officer, give me a scare. So. A what? A scare. Like scare me? They want a, a scare. You know, like a warning. Oh. Oh, that's the warning, a scare? A scare. Me. Give me a scare. You should and, go, boo! Uh, I, I actually did it once when I was, when I... When I was in my other job in Wallkill, and we were actually on camera, and I got I got a little bit of trouble for it, because when the guy said it to me, I, I turned around and I went boo, and they didn't like that. So, oh, you did do that. Uh, yeah, I got I got a little bit of trouble for that one, but uh, yeah, he got a ticket as well. <laughs> why did he get in trouble? He was doing I think forty five. No, why did you get in trouble? Not being professional. Oh, you can't be. You can't have a sense of humor. Apparently not. Not with Jews. Apparently, did he complain or did they, they they caught you on the cam? They caught me on the camera. That's stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. What did you say? That got you in trouble. <laughs> one of the many things that got me in trouble. Boop. Yeah, that was, that was probably one of. Did the, like, did the did the guy did the Jewish guy laugh? No, he. He just, he, I don't think he got it. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, they, they are, if you will, again, a religious cult in my eyes. But not, in a way bad because of their personality. A good way because they do grow the economy in regards to building, but then they suck from it with the welfare. So they kind of... They're a rough one to, to really judge. But, uh, yeah, I think that the the whole Waco, um, Jonestown, Heaven's Gate, they're, they're a phenomenon of themselves. But then, like, as you said, the, uh, was it Exium? Nevexium. Yes, that, that is just a, that is another wild one in and of itself. And you, I, I think we've talked about this off of here, but that... The way that they infiltrated Hollywood, and I mean, this guy really. Yeah. I mean, he. I give him credit. He he really grew it from just like this commune up in upstate New York to like going everywhere and infiltrating. The the funny part. I mean, I watched some documentaries on that too. The funny part of the, about that is that like the, the girls he got were like. 
weren't bad. <laughs> I mean, they're they're pretty attractive. They were attractive women, you know. So it's not like these. Like I mean, you think of like you know, we're talking about like this acceptance and stuff. Like you you automatically think like this like you know dumpy looking person, but it, that wasn't the case with this one. They they got some they got some lookers. Yeah, and like th- that's again where like the psychology of it is like these are especially like the women. I, they could have gotten anyone they wanted. Yet they went and into this thing and like the branding the the abuse is just it's staggering yeah it is you know I I just and it just seems very with Jonestown it was the same thing with Waco like just this almost inhibition given up and maybe lack of morals which is weird because you're basing a lot of that on religion you would think you would have morals, but when it comes to all of this, it doesn't seem to go that way. I just, I, I all of it just really, it, it fascinates me. Yeah, it is fascinating. Um, speaking of fascinating, I have, I have a fascinating something. Um, King, why are you wearing a hat? Oh, because I've been working from home this week. And getting on Zoom with some things, and you know, I, I haven't brushed my hair. Oh, so I've been wearing the hat all day, but you know, I just didn't take it off. Oh, okay. Because I'm sitting here wondering, like, why is he wearing a hat indoors? Get comfortable. Yeah, no, I just never took it off. Gotcha. Okay. You're not a hat indoors kind of guy. Me? I don't wear hats yeah. anymore. Rarely. Let's see. Rarely, I'll wear a hat. When, when you in high school, when we couldn't get one off of your head. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You took it off like you Darth Vader did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really? Exactly. Uh, I'll wear a hat sometimes. I'll wear like uh, I went to the Yankee game. I wore a hat. I did. I. I don't remember. I think I did. So I'll, I'll wear one once in a while. Like if I'm running out and my hair is a mess. Like if my hair gets longer, um, I'll wear one. Like just to run to the store or something. But I, no, I don't wear hats, and when I come home, that's off. I Darth Vader it when I'm back in my uh, my temple. Was it a Yankee hat you always wore in high school? Uh, I had a you Yankee had hat. World Series logo on the side. Yeah, I had that one. I had the uh, a Bulls. Cha- I when I went to my parents' cup. Uh, was it Easter? It was recently. I went to my parents, and I I went through my closet. I'm like, oh, I remember this. I had an Adidas hat, like. And a lot of those hats were like, one, yeah. man, they were just torn to shit. Like all like uh, sun, 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 was sun drenched, sun. Uh, looks like they were bleached because I just warmed yeah. so much from like the sweat and the sun. I had my Bulls one, my Adidas, I had a Yankee one, I had a, another Bulls hat. I had, I had a bunch of hats. Now, J- Joey, I can see from. The <laughs> I wish I didn't bring this up now. Hair is glistening right now. <laughs> right. So you- Obviously, put a little product. I in put, there. I put, yeah. Uh, the king looks dry right now, but both of you seem to have it kind of swooped back. Does it naturally stay that way? It's not back. It's just, you know, it's oh. kind of spiked. It's my, you know, my my hairline's receding a little bit. No, mine goes like straight up in the air. It's just not very long. He's like animal from Legion of Doom. Long. I don't know if I, you guys probably never saw, but. I, mean, I was rocking the shave with the ponytail. Yeah, we we saw it. We saw it. Did you get rid of that? 
Yeah, about a month ago. Good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, that's one thing. I, that's one fashion thing I don't get the the man bun. I mean, I I get it because with me and when I do wear a hat, it's because my hair is so pin straight that it just goes right down and if you will the bangs of it just annoy my forehead so like when I'm indoors if I wear a hat for the day if it's a rainy day because I wear glasses I wear a hat mm. up until bedtime like I'm, I'm getting in the bed and I'm putting the hat on the nightstand because I wear it all the way through gotcha so <laughs> okay <laughs> now this, I guess we'll uh We'll swing this all the way back to uh, the king with his. Do you have any of your old clothes? Yeah, um, I saved. I mean, I threw out like cheap clothes and stuff, but I have a lot of t-shirts and professional clothes. You know, for the whole way up, so it's all ready to go for the way back down. <laughs> See, I, I, I the same thing. I, it, you will love it when you go into your closet and you're like, I have a whole new fucking wardrobe because everything yeah. fits again. Yeah, it is such a nice thing. But then you look and you go, boy, did I wear that back in the day? There's a few few shirts where it's like, the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, I get that too. And mine was, mine was a, it was a good 10 years of not wearing it. So putting on those clothes 10 years later, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I just, I just went through a bunch of clothes a couple weeks ago from like, I mean, I hold on to shirts. I just store them away because you never know. And uh, I had a whole section, I'm like, alright, this is like, I want to get back down to this. Uh, long story short, I didn't. <laughs> so, I uh, I ended up throwing so much away, and I, I put one shirt on, and it looked like, it, it looked like stuffed sausage. <laughs> so, I, I, so, I'm like, you know what, like, someone someone else is going to wear this, I, I gave it to Goodwill. That was depressing. No, I'll never get down to, down to that size ever again. So... Yeah, that's the one thing I noticed. Like, there are shirts that, that I've tried on that I had in store, like old wrestling shirts that we went to events, concert shirts. And I wonder how the hell I fit in these things. Because even with losing the 100 pounds, I put them on and I'm like, what? Like, I must have really been a twerp. You? Like, yeah, you were. You were. <laughs> like in high school, man, I, I must you have were. been <laughs> there's a there, There's a picture of us on... The three of us on, um, I think it was a subway, coming home from uh, a concert, and you were like, <laughs> "Yeah, like, yeah, you looked like you were gonna break." Yeah, really. So yeah, when I, when, I know a few of them are, even right now, skin tight. Like, mm. it's, it's bad looking. Like I, I could, I could go to like a strip club and rip it off and and dance, that, but that's how tight it is. Like. But it's, uh, what do you think is going to be the, because obviously we're seeing you on here, but we won't actually get to see the the whole you, maybe until the uh, the cabin trip. Yeah, when's that happening? Fall. I'm not sure. We, we, we should bring that up very shortly. But uh, what do you think is everyone's reaction going to be? Um, how, much, how much ball busting do you think you'll get on top of the normal... Ball busting. Well, the ball busting never had to do with your weight. It was just you. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, the ball busting is going to continue. As it never had anything to do. We never made fun of his weight because we we're all fat fucks. So yeah. it, it didn't have anything to do with that. It was just his stories, his pervertedness. <laughs> like it, it, that's pretty much what the ball busting was all about. I mean. I guess I can't really, I don't know, like, it's, it's an interesting question, like, to think, you know, what do other people think when they see you, but in my mind, I kind of feel like I went from 250 to 300 very, very quickly, um, and I also, you know, was pretty straightforward before that I didn't get this surgery to run any marathons, I got it to just, you know, be a, res- you know, a respectable weight, and, and I'm probably going to gain back some of what I lose. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, when, when the dust settles, I, I probably will just resume my stature of, you know, five to seven years ago that I don't even really know, you know, that it would be anything that would turn heads because you guys really haven't seen me more than a couple of times a year um, in the last few years. Now, did they give you a, a number that you're going to get down to? Like, the, the, is there a projection? Like, can they... Um, not an exact number, but something like you'll lose 80% of your excess body weight. And I think, like, my, like, ideal body weight's like, I don't know, like 180, and I was 310. So my excess body weight is 130. So, yeah, I, I'm supposed to lose, like, 100 to 110. Now, if you go, like, say if you started you get down to your low just from the natural surgery of it and you say you know i'm gonna start fucking working out and you know whatever you you hit the gym you start running marathons whatever it is did they did they give you a thing where it's like no no you can't get the, the too low or is it do what you no. need to do no and and i would never get there anyway just from those old weightlifting days um i mean that freaking chart you know says i should be like you know 175 180 um, you know, I look almost like you looked in high school at 190. Um, yeah. You know, I'm just more of a meathead. I, I'm, um, surpri- I'm surprised they haven't updated that chart. Because, like, yeah, I, like there was a point where, like, they... I was, like, considered, like, morbidly obese. Yeah. yeah. And I've never got... I've never... I mean, I've, I've, I was heavy at a certain point, but I was never... I wouldn't consider myself morbidly obese. Yeah, that chart's... Ridiculous. Yeah, I thought by now they would have updated it, but it's still the same as it was uh, from 1980. Are you going to notice any, uh, like, are you going to get, like, uh, acid reflux, anything like that? Did they say that that could happen from it? Yeah. In fact, they try to talk me into... Um, the acid reflux is the one thing that's worse with the sleeve, which is what I got, um, than it is with the bypass, which is the old school stomach stapling. They try to talk me into the bypass because when they were, oh, one of the things, um, one of the hoops you had to jump through that I forgot to mention before, is you got to do this like tube that goes down your throat, and, like takes pictures of shit. They put you out for that, kind of like the, uh, the, you know, like a reverse colonoscopy. Um, they found that I have something called. Barrett's esophagus, which is um, from acid reflux, like your stomach basically comes up into your esophagus and the tissue in your esophagus resembles your stomach because of it being saturated in acid all the time, 
which is weird because I don't feel like I have reflux, but I guess I do. So they actually try to talk me into getting the the bypass because I would have less acid reflux. But I also knew, and I didn't share this with the doctors, but I also knew that I was doing that to myself from years of you know drinking two, three nights a week, literally having a whole pizza and then laying down going to bed five minutes later. People, roommates in college, my wife, people my whole life would be like, would be like, how the hell do you do that? And I'd be like, I don't know, but I just do. It's my freaking happy place. Like, drunk, full, sleep. Um, so I'm not going to do that anymore. So I think that will resolve itself. Next question for me. Uh, are you going to be, are you going to still use the sleep mask? That was my next now, yeah. But my, the sleep mask actually measures your sleep apnea episodes and gives you like these reports. They've been steadily going down so i don't know maybe i won't need it at some point but i actually really like it because at a certain point you're, you're not gonna oh you might uh, depends but i had sleep apnea before i was a fucking train wreck oh then you'll probably still need it then i can remember um like before i even met my wife um i don't know like 2008 9 10 somewhere in there where i was like running and shit i that, that redhead girl I was running around with for a little while was like waking me up all the time like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> so that I think has been lifelong it was probably just made worse by getting fat so you were a snorer snore and stop breathing <laughs> okay yeah see I was when I was I died I was, a, I was a terrible <laughs> snore uh, at the cabin the one night Joe had to leave the room yeah I did <laughs> Terrible. Uh, I thought I thought you were dying, and I just left you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but since I lost the weight, my wife says like I never snore unless I'm extremely tired. She says I never snore. Yeah. The one thing I do know is that I have been doing more now though is drooling. I I wake up and I'm like saturated. I don't know what that's about, but Turn I'm, probably, I'm, probably, I'm probably dreaming about having a drink and it's fucking making me salivate, <laughs> but. And th- they said that with, um, I mean, spicy foods, alcohol, anything like that, is that going to upset your stomach? They said it could, but, um, well, the spicy food part, they said it could, but it hasn't. Um, in fact, I took a little roll of the dice the first couple of days where I was just having, like, broth, um, and it was really depressing. You know, I was spicing it up with cayenne pepper or something like that, um, just to get some flavor, and it never gave me a problem. So, knock on wood, um, my I still have an iron stomach. Smaller, but, you know, hopefully it'll still allow me uh, spicy foods. How have the shits been? Oh, <laughs> almost non-existent. Yeah. In fact, I took my first real, like, log of a shit today. It was a very small one. Um... <laughs> But the last week before today was a mix of nothing and diarrhea if I had, like, too much. I was struggling with milk when I made my protein shakes. So if, you know, I went from, like, a cup and a half with my protein to a cup, the three-quarters of a cup, and that that's kind of where I settled. And then I actually switched to almond milk, which is a lot better. But the, the milky shakes were giving me diarrhea. Um, I was going back and forth between the runs and nothing. 
But today was my first day of normalcy um, on the toilet, which I'm very excited about. Now, when it comes to uh, the actual, they, they they cut out a piece of your stomach. Like, how does that heal? Um, I think, if I understand correctly, I, I think that's why I'm, you, you know, you're on a liquid diet and then you're on a puree diet. Like, are you uh, shitting blood because of the, obviously there's a wound. If you, you would will. think so, but no, um, they staple it back together. It's good to go. Um, and then I think the limited diet is just to, you know, not make your stomach work too hard while it's still healing itself back up. And where did they cut you open? Like right at the stomach or did they go in like through the brain? Um, or? It's laparoscopic. So there are five cuts. One on the top of my gut and four across the bottom. I don't know what's for what. I guess one's for a camera, two or three are for tools. And then the one bigger one is where the stomach came out of. Was your doctor Indian? No. He was a Aryan. Really? Blonde, white, American man, yes. You have to now with this and the amount of less stomach area. You have to like drink more water. Do they do they tell you like are you could you dehydrate quicker? Yes. Yeah, I have to drink sixty four ounces of water a day, which has been a little bit tough, but it's getting better. Um, I tell you, you know, the first day after surgery is a freaking. It's I, I it's it's just the craziest thing. Um, they don't let you out of the hospital until you can hydrate enough because that's the biggest risk that you're going to go home and dehydrate yourself and be right back in the hospital. Jesus. Um, so the test you have to pass to leave the hospital um, is to drink four medicine cups. I mean, literally medicine cups, like like smaller than a shot glass per hour for three hours in a row. And I tell you, that the next morning, that's a challenge. I didn't get out of there until 5 o'clock at night. Wow. Because those little medicine cups felt like, uh, you know, doing a beer funnel. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's the craziest thing. But, it, you know, with it gradually gets better. Like, now I can actually, like, kind of chug again, which is nice. See, because I, I drink, I, I have my big jug here, actually, and this is 73 ounces, and I drink four of these today. I drink, like, probably, like, three gallons of, of just water a day. And that's all they want you to drink. That that just seems very low. Yeah. Well, I guess I maybe I don't know. Um, that's the minimum. That's the goal. I, I, don't know, I probably wouldn't hurt to drink more. Now, uh, when can you go on solids? Um, soft solids after six weeks. Wow. Really? Three week liquid. Three weeks puree which basically is anything you want, just blend it so um, your stomach's digesting smaller pieces, and then six weeks before you're chewing. They don't tell you, like, baby food? Oh, yeah, that's one of the... I, I try to jar baby food. It's it was it's all right, but there are other things. Like I said, the, the overwatered mashed potatoes were pretty damn good. Um, this Progresso Keto Cauliflower Soup, very good. So, I thought I was going to be on baby food and broth, but I, I found some other things. You know what's an easy one, which doesn't even feel like I'm doing anything? Um, I take a little um, 
unflavored protein powder, mix it up with some marinara sauce. Boom, I'm just eating, I'm eating Prego right out of the jar with protein in it. Because oh. <laughs> I can remember going, um, me and Egan went to, I think, a concert, or we went to something down in the city, and, or maybe it was a, might have been a devil game, it was actually a devil game, and we stopped at a subway on the way back, and we each got a foot long, and I ate mine in about three minutes, and she ate, like, a quarter of it, and was sitting in the car, like, because she drove, and she's sitting in the car, like, in the parking lot, like, almost, like, ready to gag, like, yeah, did, did they say that you're gonna have bouts of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nausea? Nausea. Um, you could. I haven't had that yet, but I can see that being painful. Um, I don't know. It, I can't describe what it feels like, but you know when you're about to overeat, and if you take another bite, it, it's going to hurt. Now, do they say they want they don't want you to throw up for the first six weeks or whatever? Is there? Like they don't really a, want you to throw up at all, so they give yeah. you medis- they give you medication for nausea. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, it'll happen at some yeah, point. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna throw up. It'll probably happen as soon as I get back into this Crown Royal model over here. <laughs> you were a uh, a pretty good drinker. You, yeah, you could you could hold your own. What do you think your tolerance level is gonna be now? I don't know. I really don't know where I I like I said I like to think that I'm just gonna um, kind of re- revert back to my old ways, but just toned down um but so far after what'll be eight days i'm really not missing anything i'm not missing coffee i'm not missing alcohol so even when i am able to start introducing some of those things i'll probably try to ride the the wave of um the cleanse here as long as possible but um you know at some point uh, i'll probably start pushing the envelope again now, did they say that you're going to digest food quicker, absorb food quicker, things like that? Yeah, and that's actually the way, um, you know, like if you look at like Drew Carey, that's actually the way people really can get fat again. Um, you're going to want to eat more often in lesser amounts. So even if you're doing those smaller portions, if you're eating the wrong foods, for example, if you just have 10 potato chips every time you're hungry all day, like you will get fat. So the key is, you know, at, at least for your main meals, to to have like food, food, mm. because you could trick your body into thinking it could live off of potato chips, because your stomach's small, um, and then you'll make yourself fat. All right. So no regrets so far. No, no, not at all. Very good. <laughs> all right. Well. On that note, uh, follow us on Twitter, Bullring PC, Instagram Bullring PC, Facebook under Joe Tom. You can find us on Podbean, Podcoin, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Music. Hit the subscribe button and rate and review us. And uh, King, thanks for joining us. We Pleasure w- to be here again. We wish you uh, nothing but the best and luck in the next six weeks. I'm still well. Five left. I've five left. I can't wait to see less of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's. I'm ready to go the whip. All right. All right. Well, until next time, I am Joe. I am Tom. 
I'm a king. And we'll see you next time right here on Bulls in the Ring.